This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. ACH and wire fraud, as well as other forms of so-called corporate account takeover, had led to numerous lawsuits between commercial customers, like Experimental, and their banks. Account takeovers also have fueled heated discussions about how the industry should define reasonable security, the security it provides commercial customers for online banking. Amendments have been proposed to Regulation E to protect commercial customers when breaches occur, and industry regulators are soon expected to issue new guidelines for stronger online and transactional authentication. Corporate account takeover losses are expensive and detrimental, not only for the victimized commercial clients, but also for the banks that oversee the accounts. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today to get a banker's perspective on corporate account takeover. After one of its commercial customers fell victim to an online account takeover, this community bank suffered losses, reputational damage, and learned that legal disputes rarely favor the bank. Today I talk with the president of a southeastern community bank with $100 million in assets that experienced an incident of corporate account takeover in 2009. The bank and the president we speak with today have asked to remain anonymous. Before we jump into the line of questioning, can you give us a little background about your institution, the types of clients you work with, and the incident, such as when it occurred and how it occurred? Well, Tracy, our bank is a a business-oriented community bank. We uh, principally focus on uh, smaller uh, commercial customers in the uh, the local area. We've had uh, commercial uh, ACH and treasury management services available to our customers for uh, several years. Now, the incident itself occurred in the summer of 2009, and uh, to the best of anyone's ability to uh, to document, involved a uh, criminal faction stealing our customers' user ID and password. One thing that caused some uh, trouble during the uh, process of uh, working this out is, to the best of our knowledge, there was never a police report filed by our customer, uh, but our investigation was able to confirm that this particular customer used gotomyPC.com as a way to uh, interact between a uh, home office of one of its employees, the uh, the customer's main network, and the bank. And do you still have a relationship with that customer? No, we don't. And how much was lost as a result of the takeover itself, i.e., how much money was taken from the commercial customer? Well, it was between initially between fifty thousand and hundred thousand dollars. Although we were able to work with two of the receiving banks to recover almost thirty percent of the total, I'll mention that those two receiving banks that worked were able to work with us were com- other community banks. The remainder of the funds have been directed to a money center bank, which essentially refused to help in recovering these funds. And how was the breach identified? Did you catch it, or did the client notify you? In this case, the client notified us. Uh, again, based on our investigation, the dollar amounts of the transactions were uh, within the normal range of transactions that they, uh, they tended to uh, send through the service. And I understand that your online platform is managed by a third-party vendor. Did this vendor have settings in place to notify you when suspicious account activity occurred? Uh, not to our knowledge, and uh, uh, again, I, I'm not sure that uh, any uh, 
suspicious activity monitoring would have would have helped because the dollar amounts were within the range of uh, their historical activity. The one principal feature that was different is that the uh, this customer tended to send the vast majority of its uh, ACH credits to uh, other businesses, and the uh, the fraud occurred when uh, uh, credits were initiated to uh, consumer accounts. Okay, so that would have been a red flag of sorts. <laughs> yes. And what support did this vendor provide after the takeover, if any? Well, their uh, uh, technical areas were able to help us pull history information on the activity of this particular customer. For example, the, the login history, uh, password changes, uh, and they were able to tell us that there had been uh, a failed login uh, a couple days before uh, the fraud occurred. And that was important in the sense that the uh, uh, when that failed login occurred, the customer is then prompted to uh, reset uh, their security questions. Uh, and as we were uh, able to learn, the criminals, and that's sort of how we refer to them here, the criminals, uh, when they logged into the customer's account, this happened in two separate instances, one day apart. And in one particular case, uh, they were prompted for security questions, which they got right. And no idea about how they were able to, to access those security questions or the answers, or do you think it was just a lucky guess? I mean, our uh, investigator told us that uh, basically, they believe the uh, criminals had uh, hacked into the customer's uh, computer system through the go to my PC uh, portal and prompted the uh, failed login attempt so they would have an opportunity to, uh, to key log the answers. Now, you mentioned that this particular third party that you worked with also provided other services. Are you at liberty to share what other services this party provided? They're our core processor. We had a uh, had independent companies that handled our the bank's uh, computer security monitoring, and uh, they were also called into this particular issue to ensure and to check back through our records to make sure that there had been no penetration of our system. Now, going back to look at this particular incident, I'm sure when we look at the losses that were associated with the account takeover itself, those were relatively isolated. But over the long term, I'm sure this was a very expensive undertaking. Can you give us any idea about how much this particular incident costs the institution in legal fees, reimbursement, if any, of the client for damages and losses that were incurred? The total between legal fees and uh, reimbursement uh, through a settlement was uh, just slightly in excess of $50,000. And that does not include the, uh, the time and effort of, uh, of our employees in, in uh, working through this process. And even though some of the funds were recovered, it ended up costing you just as much as the actual incident itself, or for the most part, just almost just as much. That's correct. Our attorney had provided an estimate of the cost to uh, proceeding uh, to a trial, um, and uh, it was going to be far in excess of uh, the amount lost. And then also just the reputational damage that would have been associated with something going to trial and becoming public. Well, that's, co that's correct, even though the, uh, the customer did file suit, so that was public. That, that is and was public record. 
And we talked a little bit about reputational losses at the beginning, but how do you quantify those, or how did you quantify those losses as they related to this particular incident? Well, uh, the interesting thing is I'm not sure there there really been any reputational loss. Uh, while our particular uh, case was going on, there was another uh, local bank that had uh, uh, suffered a similar loss with one of their customers. That customer actually contacted us to see if we would uh, uh, be able to uh, take on their commercial account, told us about the circumstances of that loss, and naturally asked whether we would have covered their losses, and we uh, we said no. <laughs> so when uh, uh, we learned that we were sort of not alone out there uh, in uh, having customers experience this type of loss, then uh, we, we began to worry less about the reputational damage. Now, going back to looking at corporate account takeover from a higher-level perspective, do you think it's fair to ask commercial customers to ensure security of their online transactions? And where do you see the responsibility of the bank beginning and ending when it comes to online security? Well, I absolutely believe that it's fair to ask commercial customers to ensure security of their transactions uh, outside the bank's portal. I mean, our contract specifically uh, states that the customer is solely responsible to ensure the confidentiality of their password and user ID and the additional uh, measure of a symbol. I feel like the bank ought to take responsibility uh, once the uh, if there's any intrusion into the bank system that impacts our customers, but um, I feel like the customer is responsible for everything outside the, the system of the bank. The question over reasonable security is one the financial industry would like to have answered, and you and I have talked about this in the past. How do you define reasonable security, and why does reasonable security need to be a more precise definition? One, one reason reasonable security needs to be uh, defined a little better is that it, it is a fairly broad term, and as our uh, uh, legal advisors uh, uh, warned us during the process of, of our case, uh, it can change on a, if not uh, daily, then certainly on a monthly basis, depending on the available technology out there. Um, as we defined it in our particular dispute, it was, did, did we satisfy the, the current guidance from the FFIC for multi-factor login, and we did. If they used a different computer, the uh, challenge questions were uh, to pop up. So we feel like we satisfied that particular requirement. There have been discussions among leaders within the Independent Community Bankers Association about the role third-party solutions providers play when it comes to ensuring security for mid-sized and small institutions, especially those in the community space. Now, Carrie Whaley, the Vice President of Payments and Technology Policy for the ICBA, says third-party vendors have an obligation, if you will, to keep their bank customers in compliance and up-to-date, especially where online security is concerned. What's your perspective on that? Well, my perspective is that we expect the um, uh, third-party vendors to keep us up-to-date, particularly since, uh, in most cases, uh, community banks are signing multi-year uh, contracts with these uh particular vendors. So if we can't count on our uh, vendors to keep us keep us current on the uh, on up-to-date technology, then uh, it makes it very difficult for us to agree to multi-year contracts. The, uh, the difficulty is um, 
in uh, balancing uh, pricing and service and uh, the familiarity that our staff might have with a particular uh, vendor's products. In in our case, we were while we were uh, happy to have the the help of their technical areas in determining uh, some of the specifics of this particular event, we were uh, very unhappy with the attitude of this core vendor's management. Uh, and uh, once they determined or once we told them that we had been sued by our customer, uh, we were no longer allowed to speak with anyone other than their legal department in trying to uh, sort out this case. And I'd like to know how your business and security practices have changed since this incident of corporate account takeover. And it sounds like it's not only impacted the relationships that you have with your own customers, the internal relationships that you have with your employees, but also the relationships that you have with some of your service providers. Prior to this incident, uh, m most of our uh, activity uh, on the ACH side would involve the, uh, the customer uh, sending in their files uh, through our system. What we would do locally is confirm that the funds were available to, uh, to pay those, those items. As of the date of that event, gotten much more involved and inserted ourselves in, in the middle of this process such that we require uh, customers who are initiating ACH transactions to provide independent verification of the number of items and the total dollar amount, either via facsimile, phone call to uh, a particular number, or uh, via email. And that was, uh, as it turned out, when the, uh, the FDIC and the FBI sent out uh, alerts and best practices, that was one of the best practices that they recommended. And looking back, how do you think you could have improved security, especially where transaction authentication is concerned? And could a third-party vendor have helped you, maybe not the one you were working with, but going forward, where could a vendor have stepped in to maybe give you better advice or help from an authentication perspective? Well, I think the authentication, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure that there's really a way to uh, protect uh, a customer if their actions uh, by using a third-party service on their on their end puts their network at risk. Uh, I'm not sure that any vendor can protect a customer from its own uh, ill-advised actions. But one thing that, as I mentioned earlier, uh, would have been helpful is if there was a uh, software solution that uh, monitored the types of transactions that a particular customer was normally uh, issuing, for example, to uh, other businesses, and uh, an event happened where all of a sudden we have multiple uh, transmissions to uh, consumers that uh, would pop up as a, as a red flag. And what educational steps for employees as well as commercial customers have you implemented since the incident? One thing we have implemented for all of our commercial customers that use the ACH module within our internet banking is our uh, treasury management personnel have uh, gone on site on a, on a uh, annual basis as part of doing an annual review and updating uh, account agreements and contracts, uh, conducted training for the employees of our customers that are actually using the service. 
We've also uh, mailed out reminders of best practices and uh, been asking a couple of cases to come out and uh, train new employees that might be taking the place of the former employees and uh, using the service. And what do you deem to be the most important piece when it comes to preventing an account takeover? I think based on our experience, the most important piece is vigilance by our customer. Just making sure that they're educated and understand how they're putting themselves at risk. That's true. We have had uh, one of the best practices in the uh, FDIC uh, alert back in the fall of 2009 was to uh, use a, a dedicated computer for internet banking and ACH uh, initiation, and we've had several customers that have uh, that have taken taken that step. We have customers that will uh, get in touch with us on a phone call uh, if uh, they're sending, uh, I guess, for their history unusual uh, uh, transactions or uh, have initiated ACH to a new recipient. Just to tell us to watch out for that it's that it is authorized, and uh, just I think our customers are much more focused on that security issue. And finally, what three words of advice could you offer other community banks and commercial clients about preparing for and preventing corporate account takeovers? Well, the, the three words would be trust but verify. The authentication is just one part of it uh, because, it, again, as we learned and our customer learned, uh, you know, the user ID, if you, if you allow access to your system, it is possible for uh, criminals to find out your user ID, your password, and a variety of other information about your business. Um, so in the case of both the customer and the bank, uh, we've got to do a, uh, probably a little bit better job uh, going forward in uh, trying to monitor for uh, out-of-the-ordinary uh, activity. Having an idea of what those behavioral analytics are. That's an issue that's going to be very difficult, I think, for you know a lot of community banks, particularly as they get bigger and activity increases, uh, because you know the, the best way is for uh, a couple of employees who do that activity on a daily basis to uh, notice, hey, wait a minute, this is the first time they've ever done something like this. Um, you know, you, there will almost assuredly have to be some technology investment as volume grows to, uh, to do that type of monitoring through a technology solution. And are those investments that your institution is looking at and some of those automated yes. solutions, are those things that you expect to invest in in the coming year? Potentially, depending on cost. I mean, at this point, no one really has a, uh, the perfect mousetrap uh, ready to deliver to us. I'd like to thank you again for your time today. You're welcome. Again, we've just gotten the banker's side of the corporate account takeover story. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kidd. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.BankInfoSecurity.com.